Last time on Lawful Stupid. Listen here, uh, Lawful Stupid family, this is your boy Scott Chainsaw, here to tell you that um, you should enjoy alcohol in moderation. I remember nothing of last episode. Take it away, boys. So, to be completely fair, I also was drinking a lot and kind of remember some stuff. So, Findle and Frost take us into the woods so we can bear witness to the stewards. Well, they didn't no, take us into the, the woods. Yeah. We followed the, them. No, they take, we, stealthily. We <laughs> thought we were stealthy. Well, yeah, but they also knew we were there. Yeah. So it's the same. That, and they coyly they lured us into us the woods. That's pretty much the last thing I remember was like, all right, we should let the boys here. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the subtle one-upsmanship by Alex. I also was drinking, but I remember everything. That's good. I don't remember everything. That That is as far as... I remember there were seven of them. There was a troll, Findle oh, and Frost, an elf, a tree man, a lady orc. So here's the things that I don't remember. I remember everything leading up to the event. I remember them all showing up. I remember all of their descriptions perfectly. I don't remember anything Dwayne said. But he said those Except things. Except for the descriptions. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, like, well, he's actually speaking as the Like as the, the dialogue. Yeah. You're just like staring like, into your right. camera. We are the uh, stewards. I was like, oh, yeah, like the lead shirts. They're like, no, we actually resent they said those things. And then it was like the t-shirt from Charlie Brown. I'm not saying it was boring. I'm sure it was A plus content. So, I was just asleep. They were definitely protectors of something, but definitely their own. Like, I drunken me remembers, like, don't trust the elf. And well, then drunk me then started being like, you should listen to that big boy song because that sounds so good. Apparently, right Findle is supposed <laughs> to be the protector of Oxfam, and, and Frost says he's doing a terrible job. And, oh, uh, are they broken up by region? That makes sense. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And so there was a, a female troll, a treekin, an orc, um, an elf. Dude, I'm like catching four there. And then that's five, Dwayne, six. they are tired of hearing us. Please bail us out. Perfect. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things in this podcast is when you guys uh, make assumptions or remember about like minute details. It's one of my favorite things in this whole, 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 whole podcast. So I will say that. And then I would give them a brief recap because uh, it's going to be super good. You guys last episode followed Fendel and Frost into the woods as they walked away to get some privacy. You overhear some of their conversations and Fendel brings you in and he essentially explains to you that Frost and Fendel are stewards of Goron that they are charged with its protection. They're kind of vague and aloof about the details of that. Then they basically allow you to sit back seat to a meeting with Fendel, Frost, and the other stewards. Uh, you know, there's seven of them. You have, and I'm going to just go real quick through it, Frost, you have Fendel, you have a female troll, you have a female treekin, a female orc, and the um, male elf that was kind of dominating the conversation, uh, or at least people seem to garner respect to. Um, Boyos, 
you guys there's a lot of good stuff in there that you may or may not remember um a lot of small details that i kind of dumped in there so pick up what you will um you do remember that Fendel has this crazy amount of lucidity after the meeting and that piper mm-hmm. actually crawled off of his shoulder and wrapped around his arm and became like this uh, piece of armor for him. And the last thing you boys did was huddle up one more time for Kristoff to say, essentially, this changes nothing. We're going to shut the door. <laughs> that, that tracks. So, where we pick back up, you three and Frost and Fendel in the lead, almost like two parents leading children, are heading back towards the front line, or what you know that will become the front line. Is there anything you guys would like to do before we pick up? Strategize. Mm-hmm. Carry on. I mean, okay. with everybody. Not just, like, the boys. And Dan? Oh, with, like, the army? Yeah, like the whole team. Well, I'm sure that the commander probably has a couple ideas. Yeah, I hope and so. And he hates you. <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm not saying I want to make the plan. It's a strong I'm just word. saying that I want to know what the plan is. <laughs> okay. I agree. I agree with that. So, if, on this front line, is there, like, a CP? That's a command post. Is there, like, a... Is there like a place where people are gathering that are making decisions? Generals? So yeah, we can get to that when we get there. I'm, I'm saying you you basically have a walk from the the site that you're at and what you know to be becoming the front line because obviously you haven't been to the front line with these armies staging their battle. So I'm asking if you want to do anything between now and then. I would um I would let the boys take a couple steps ahead of me after we maybe have set our piece, and I'm gonna pull Alaria from my back and hold the blade in one hand and the hilt in the other and say Alaria and expecting her to respond some way. And through your bond that you have further explored and built with her you see her translucent form appear next to you walking beside you and her hair is white and she's in the simple clothes. But you see at the bottom of her braids that pinkish red color. And she says, Yes, Atlas? Uh, I, and I want to think that I haven't seen her like respond in this way to be able to just like so casually be walking with us at this point. It's usually just we're kind of sitting or she just talks to me. Is that is that okay? This is, no, that's not true. Uh, this is the second time she's done this. The first time she did it was at the bonfire after you guys explore uh, made um, the pistol and were kind of like swapping stories. She showed up. But she was just like chilling. Yep. Yeah. So as she's walking, I'm gonna say, uh, "Will, uh, we're going into this battle, and I, I don't know." What's gonna happen to me? We've we, we've thought we've we've been invincible before and have been proven wrong. So I just wanted to say uh, good luck out there. And he's uh, almost like he doesn't know what to say because he's like moved beyond just her being a cursed sword to now this almost object of his affection. And so he just doesn't know what to say. And he's like, 
And that's uh, that's all I got to say. And she laughs, <laughs> and she says, Atlas, it's going to be fine. You're going to get stronger, and more importantly, we're going to kill. We're going to get stronger, Atlas. You sure have a way with words, Aloria. One of us has to, friend. One of us has to. And then I'll just casually just sword back and sheath. And when you put that uh, sheath, the sword back into the sheath, she gives you a wink as she fades away, but she gently fades away into the ether. Uh, I, Kristoff Shindo, am going to be doing something I don't normally do. Uh, we're walking with hands kind of uh, clasped behind my back uh, and I'll be almost muttering half humming a, uh, an old Silencian uh, drinking song kind of nervously mm. how does it go? So haunting that is amazing. Thirty minutes later, I'm just gonna pull that audio right out of his and just have that laid under any time he does anything. Send that to Ginger right now. Yep, exactly. That's uh, stopping everything. Pull out, all right. Uh, well, that's um, it. Normally sounds better than that, but I'm, I'm kind of muttering it nervously. Mm. Right? No, it makes sense. Mm. Yeah, Christoph is nervous. I'm, ro- uh, I'm role playing. Yeah, he's he's in yeah. the moment. Rowan, anything you want to do on the way? Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to to call it. Like, Chris, are, are you all right? Um, I I've. I have to, uh, to admit something to you, Rowan. I'm scared. S- scared of what? That we'll fail again. <sighs> if you worry about that, you're just going to bring it about. You got to be confident. Be yourself. Yourself will what'll get us out. Myself is what got us into that mess in the first place. Almost got Lance and Turinga and all the others. You, Atlas. Well. What got us in that situation was somebody opening up a fucking door of demons. And unless you somehow magically teleported there while we're in that city messing around with the guilds, which seems so long ago, but thank God they're here now. And did that? Like, this isn't on you. Dwayne, they figured us out. Yeah, sorry, everybody. They figured out the, they figured out the secret plot. You just <laughs> oh, teleported during that time. Uh, no, um... <clears throat> I suppose you're right. I didn't. I didn't fix it. That can't happen again. But we got the key now. We would have fixed it last time if we had the key then. And also might have almost died for circumstances. But we've got an army now. Where have you got a stronger bond? We're telling stories. I got this thing. It's fucking cool. You do have the instrument of destruction. Yeah, we'll probably be fine. And if we die, man, how metal is that? And at that time, I will walk up, slap him heartily on the back and say, yeah, we'll die together. Yeah, I still have to dig. 
a grave for three of us together. Uh, four. And we'll hold hands in the grave. I, I, I reach out my silver clawed hand and plink one note on the lute of wind. At least our death will make for a decent story, eh? We'll make a damn good story. But that's not a story for today. And, uh, and as you guys are finishing, and, then, and now I sing the song. No longer nervously. It's a good day to die, but not as good as other days. A good nice. day to die. <laughs> Love that. Uh, as you guys are having this conversation, you begin to hear the sounds of war preparation, armor being put together clanging of metal the murmuring of speech and you're seeing not camps but gatherings of soldiers in formation deep in these woods to be in the middle of the forests the the army of yuri these guilds the city together has shown that they can put themselves together despite not having an open area to form up. And you follow Fendel and Frost, who are walking through these different formations, and they don't even care. Frost will nod here and there when he sees people from his guild, from the Architect's Guild. But Fendel is beelining directly for the front and is not concerned with anybody else and when you guys make it to the front you see Fendel approaches the front line where you find Justicar Spawn leaning on his lance and you find the commander of Oxbane. And he is shouting orders to some troops nearby. You also see Ike and you even see the Magister, who is in largely decorative armor, but still in armor nonetheless. And then you see Charinga, who, when you make eye contact, he has this look of guilt on his face. And then Wendy is there, and Captain Tyndall, and you see First Mate Zell, and then... Finally, in this group of commanders, you see Avia. And when you approach, Ike says to Fendel and Frost, It's about time. We're about to start this party without you. And Fendel responds and says, We're coming. We just had a little something to do first. And Ike looks from Fendel to Frost and Frost to Fendel. And Ike says, Frost, 
I thought you said he was the loony one. And Findle smiles and Frost smiles and Frost replies and says, Yeah, yeah, I did. But we brought reinforcements and he motions to you three. Uh, and go ahead. I would just like to walk as we approach this group and we're kind of like they're in a circle, I assume. Yep. Um, are we, I, as I put my place in the circle, I will uh, stand next to... Who's on Svan's left and right? Svan's left would be Chiringa, and his right would be the Magister. On Svan's left is where I will ingratiate myself into the circle, um, and I will put one hand on Svan's shoulder, uh, healing touch for one HP, and a smile. <laughs> and uh, the Svan, Svan gives you a nod, and he says, Thank you, Kristoff. Anytime. I'm glad to see you back on your feet. I appreciate that. Old man like me, I need a nap every now and then. A madman like you needs a nap to keep these poor demons safe. And he gives you this um, wry smile. As if agreeing with you without agreeing with you. And I says, Well, that's all well and good. Unless anyone has anything else, let's go over the plan one more time. Eager. And Svan says, All right, what we've decided is the majority of the force is going to go straight against the wall. As you can see, and he kind of motions towards Oxbane, where you see these monsters in droves. And they were already terrifying on their own or in small groups, but seeing them in an intelligent formation has the most dire of appearances. They have brains, I guess, because they're planning a retaliation to what we're doing. So, we've discussed it, and what we think is best is a full-on charge to the front, and a small group of us are going to cut through the line. Everyone else's job is going to be to push through, to break the city walls and get a small group of us into the castle, from which point we will build a post or a staging ground to get more soldiers in. We sent a small team last time, and that did not work. So we want to bring in more people, but the longer this fight goes on, we all know more of those things will be coming through the portal, and we don't have the luxury of that. Are we missing anything? And he motions to you boys and Findle and Frost. Eyes down. I'll say, uh, you said, uh, set up 
a base inside once we are to break through these things. Is that correct? That is correct. So let me just make sure I'm getting this straight. You want us to set up a base inside where they are continually pushing through as if to say there will be a point in time where we'll be able to recover once we get in there. This is not an in and out ordeal. This is a overtake them ordeal. I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, magic users, we can get there and we can make our own portal. And we can start pulling people from the back of the line into the town, giving us an advantage. And Fendel and Frost kind of give a nod. If I may be so bold, uh, humbly, I feel like a direct confrontation is not our best option at this time. Um, I would like to maximize the efficiency of our um, more martially trained friends. Um, they are currently organized, and that is a terrifying concept. But it could also be an advantage. They are currently grouped up pretty tight. If we were to utilize the the um, the, arcane, the arcane bombardments uh, of the of the Marfis, perhaps coupled with some of the more talented magic users from Yori, we could deal devastating blows to them while grouped. And the captain. Uh, the drunken son laughs this hearty laugh. And when he laughs, you can smell that sweet saltwater rum. <laughs> and he says, That's my boy. Of course, we're going to blow him up with the arcane cannons. And you can see as he's like talking and embellishing that uh, Abia is just not loving him talking about it. And how he's butchering the... You can just see, Kristoff, that he's, like, butchering the art that is her craft. I'm sure that Avia uh, would be more than happy to... That's... You're exactly right. That's the spirit of it. Avia would be more happy to go through some of the finer details with the magic users um, when that time comes. It was also my thought that when we utilize those arcane cannons, they're going to disperse... When they do, from the center of impact, they will be driven at least into two sides. We could then use the arcane bombardments to cordon off one side of the forces from gaining the, the full effect of the fight. That would allow our melee fighters to close the difference against half the force and greatly overwhelm them with numbers, especially if they use the tactics they were perfected um, by, by Taringa. And... Uh... You see the captain stop mid-sentence almost as you explain that, and his eyes kind of narrow, not narrow, but they level off, right? They get flat, kind of like that drunk that you see where somebody hears this brilliant idea, and he looks at Avian and goes, You might watch out for your job! This guy's smart! And Avia rubs her temples... And she says, Right. We're planning to use the arcane bombardments to 
confuse them and spread them out already. And at which point we plan on hitting them and then using the bombardments to split them from their wall into us, giving them nowhere to go. Though I think your idea has merit. Maybe, and you see Svan almost cut her off and say, that's probably the best time to use the tour along with a few other people to get inside. I, I'm sure if we go on. There was actually one more step. So once they're dispersed and the tour has a, a clear line to the objective, that's when we need the architects more than anyone. I can make copper wire and I demonstrate um, with mixed results, varying levels of success as it explodes. Uh, but the more studied masters, I believe, could create two walls. Two large walls that would separate everything and separate all the forces that were dispersed from these arcane bombardments disrupted by the tour and eventually put into a, a fatal funnel of these two arcane torrent walls. And you see Ike kind of scrunch his brows and he looks at Frost and he says, Frost, does this all sound right to you? And Frost says, well, it's certainly an idea, but we're going to have to change a few things with our plan. We're going to need more architects, and we'll definitely need some of the tour to make sure they don't die while they're concentrating. Ooh, I, have, I have another thing I want to add on to that as well. What if, after the walls are built, Findle does his dragon laser beam down the center of that thing, and then the tour can go through and tear up the rest of the bodies that haven't been touched by his laser beams. And uh, Fendel laughs and says, We'll work something out, but I'm not going to be doing the dragon laser thing this time, Atlas. That's a shame because it was kind of cool. Anyways. Well, my idea would be that while the, the, the walls are up and we have the center line of offense, that's really where the tour does their work, just carving a path straight to the objective. Meanwhile, the two separated forces, which are scrambling from these walls, they'll probably try to climb them, they'll try to go around. That's where our long range, our archers, our, our, I see our hunters are here. That's where our, our magic users will, will be on top of, uh, from, a, from an elevated position, rain death down upon the separated forces, thinning their numbers before they can reconnulate in the, within the two walls. Um, and while that's happening, I don't know if Findle can repeat the effort, but the main objective for us, the, the small group that we mentioned earlier, instead of breaking through the lines, um, while that's happening, he could take us to the exterior wall and we could simply walk through. And Findle smiles and says, Pretty sure I can make that happen. And... Ike looks and says, Just so I understand, you want to essentially split these forces in half and then make tunnel, not tunnels, funnels 
That way we have a place to unload our arsenals and their force together as well as make a hole for the advance team. Yes, the portal, the portal team. Right. Correct. And while the portal team is doing that, then the infiltration team, the main objective team, I pull from my coat, or my vest rather, um, team key, go through the wall where there's no action, the, the, the wall where they're not formed up, with Findle, and we execute. And I says, Frost, got a problem with any of that? And Cross says, No. I actually think it's pretty smart. There's a reason he's in my guild. Uh, deep bow. He says, Okay, that's going to take a few minutes to work out and get everyone on board with the plan. Go tell your squads, your battalions, get the word out. Ike, let's talk. Let's get exactly what we want everyone to know. And Ike nods, and the two break off, and you see Spawn, the Magister, and Captain Tyndall go with them, leaving Tringa, Findle, Avia, and First Mate Zell. I gotta, I gotta clap Kristoff on the shoulders like, I told you, if you just be yourself. I, <laughs> I have a mind for tactics, thank you. I learned from... I learned from the best. Good, because I don't. And... <laughs> it's all a chess game. I had to cheat. This is... This is not... This is war. This is not chess. But I guess... I don't know what you're talking about exactly. Maybe you can show me sometime. I'd be more than happy to. I think you'd have a knack for it. Mm. Well, if we don't die, that'd oh, be great. we're not going to die, probably. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm going to uh, just kind of approach. Um, I said her name ten minutes ago. I forgot her name. Avia. Avia. Avia, like a bird. Aviary. Avia. Um, is the, is the, is the captain still with her? No, the captain walked off with the other commanders, like the other people with leadership responsibilities. I'm gonna like walk up to her side, like not making eye contact, just kind of standing beside her, and say, "I appreciate your restraint." And she smiles this warm, knowing smile and says, I appreciate your support. And she says that without looking at you and just like staring ahead. Uh, Just know that I fully understand that though I might have some ideas for its utilization, uh, I could never do what you do. And she smiles again and says... You know, it's interesting to be around all of these architects, these masters of the torrent, and if I'm being honest, they probably are better at it than me, but I'm not sure they can draw on it as fast as I can. There may be some more talented um, individuals amongst them, but uh, I assure you, None of them have your natural gifts. And Wendy steps back up to you and steps up to your side and says, Yeah, we have we all have our strengths and weaknesses. 
But together is how we're going to take the town back. Absolutely. And Sharinga stands stands for everybody and mostly looking at you three boys, but also Wendy and the first mate and says, I'm really sorry. I know this is all my fault and I won't be able to apologize or make up for it. But I'm pretty sure you three have dealt with more of my mistakes in the past month than anyone else. I'm so sorry. I mean, it was probably going to happen eventually though, right? Like somebody was going to make it down there. At least you did it when you got such great strong people. And I would like stand in between Zell and Atlas like, and this is such a strong team. And like, you couldn't have picked a better time. Like if anything, you probably saved the future more trouble and first mate zell gives this big wide missing tooth smile and findel looks at you all and he smiles and not the lunatic smile or the incoherent ramblings of an old man smiles he just, you can see he appreciates everything. And he says, Do you have any questions before we start? Anything you want to know? Because, and he looks at the monsters, this is going to be one of those where we all don't come back. And I would hate for you to go to the other side without answers. Hmm. And Sharinga is like even more stressed <laughs> out by Fendel's comments. And Wendy looks to the ground and is silent. And First Mate Zell and Avia are pretty indifferent on that. And First Mate Zell says, if I go, my only regrets will I'll be on land. And Avia smiles and laughs. I'm not worried about anything. I won't be as close to those as you all. I'll say, uh, is there a way to remove a person from a cursed sword? Do you have that kind of magic? Because that might be worth fighting for. Eh. And Fendel looks at you and says, Of course, Atlas. Of course, that's something I can do. I'll pull my sword out and say, And what are we waiting for? And Fendel says, You want me to do it now? Y yes. And Fendel says, Oh, Atlas. Uh, what would happen to the spirit? And uh, Fendel looks at you as almost like school book response. Well, it would be destroyed. Never of mind. It's, it's haunting yeah, the sword. I, I need. But, never. We'll talk later. I need the, the person inside here to, to 
come to life, to be free of the sword yet live in the world. And Findo gives you this like really almost perplexed face and says, "Let's talk after everything's through." That is interesting. Hmm, indeed. Asking too many questions now would probably just <laughs> muddy my mind. Um, I will likely have questions after, but um, I turn to uh, Avia a favor, perhaps, um, and I pull from my vest a letter, and it's old, and it's wrinkled, and the papers started to brown, and I hand it to her, and I say, um, if I don't make it uh, back, you will be further away from the um, from the conflict, I assume, uh, on the ship, you'll be able to escape with the women and children. Um, if you could just see that this gets to um, to the King of Silence. And she takes it and looks at you without words and nods before putting it inside of her um, like on the inside of her like outer jacket armor piece. Thank you. Wendy in response to this says I guess I'll see everyone on, on the field then and walks off and Charinga like kind of gets the hint and says yeah on the field. And Charinga leaves and First Mate Zell leaves and people begin dispersing and Avia says you all of you be careful but she's mostly looking at Kristoff when she says that and she departs from the group as well leaving just you boys and Findle and Findle says I don't think anything bad is going to happen to you. I think, I think your role here is just beginning. But, Kristoff, if I could have a word with you in private, and he looks at you and uh, looks at Rowan and Atlas. I'll nod and like nod toward Rowan as well. I'll follow suit. And uh, do says, do they need to mute their their volume? That's my question. I will not. Are we in that no. level of immersion? Okay. No, we're not. We're not on that. Because uh, you, you guys would hear this when you listen to it, anyways. Fair. You look at Fendel, and Fendel, who has been coherent this whole time, looks at you and says, "I need you to be careful, Kristoff." I'm pretty sure you, in particular, have a very dangerous road ahead. And I have something for you. And it's... I'm pretty sure it's about you. You're the only person that I think it makes sense for. 
and he kind of laughs and says, Though I'm not sure I should give it to you, given the last time I gave you paper. Well, I'm still missing a book. But I think you should have it. I think it's about you. And he hands me a scroll of create or destroy water. He does. He hands you a scroll of create or destroy Slash purify food and drink. And he hands you this scrap of parchment that is old and beat up and he says you know the arcane wars were a very long time ago and I believe you're learning and he looks at you knowingly and says actually learning about them and this this is an old letter Kristoff an old letter and we're seeing them and it makes sense it it's all starting to make more sense we're seeing more of the arcane war surfacing and I would have thought it happenstance but with these monsters something big is coming Kristoff and I think I think you are going to play a big role in this I don't know if that's a good thing or not for you but I found this and I think you should have it and he hands you this scroll uh, it's, you can tell that it was once a part of a bound booklet and if you check your discord I actually sent you the message um, which I would prefer you to read out loud because this is a podcast uh, wait one moment I will pull it up and I will read it in my voice that I use to read so Findle hands you this and you when he's looking at you you know as you're like unraveling this paper you're also like looking at him and you see these blue eyes form on him like you can see he's like looking at the torrent I read aloud out of curiosity I was wondering where you came from I inquired about your odd markings during my investigations of you and your fellows. However, my information never seems to line up. Perhaps curiosity will get me killed, but I find it strange that I could not find a thing. Not to be too boastful, but I am good at finding obscure information. Eager to know. Opix. Uh, in the upper right hand corner of the page there is a sketch of a face with scales however a lot of the finer details have been scribbled out or not drawn and Fendel watches you read and he he says you know you're the only tiefling I've ever seen with dragon scales I thought this had to be about you I don't 
believe I've ever met someone by that name. Um, but uh, you're right, I don't very know very many uh, tieflings with a draconic heritage. So I, I mean, I might not be the only one. I'm certainly the most famous one, but... <laughs> he laughs. And he says, Well, all the same. I thought you should have it. And I thought I would warn you. You boys are playing with dangerous things. Gods. Monsters. The arcane torrent. These are not small things, Crystal. I've never been able to bother myself with small things, Findle, you know that. And he says, More importantly, I want to give you a job, Crystal. One that I'm going to need you to keep to yourself. Mm. Can you do that for me? What's the job? And he looks at his right arm where you see this dragon, this piece of armor coming up from his hand, almost making a glove and wrapping around his arm providing outer protection and elbow protection and upper arm protection and a, and a smaller shoulder piece and he looks over to Atlas and Rowan and he says artifacts they're not playthings they're instruments of the gods you I need you to keep an eye on your friend. And he looks back down at his arm and he says, It's no coincidence that this artifact and I are tied. And that, well, you, you know how I am. I wasn't always like that. And I'm worried. It's... I'm not the first person it's happened to. And I... I worry about your friend. And I worry about... What will happen... If he stays with it for too long. If he doesn't control the connection. I understand your hesitations and... Rowan's well-being is one of the most primary objectives in, in my mind and in my heart, I assure you. Um, I will do what is best for him. And he sighs and says, See that you do, Kristoff. There's a reason the Reclaimers don't want us to have these artifacts. Yes. They, they can be great instruments of victory. But they can also be curses. They can... They can do some terrible things. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, when he says that... When he says that last line about terrible things... You notice, like, he's not with you when he says that. Like, when he says that, you can just see in his face he's replaying a memory. 
The view changes to black, and when you open your eyes, you see a small girl with blonde hair astray, her blue eyes in a panic, swirling lines just noticeable in them as she speaks to you. Bindle, I'm scared. It's going to be okay, I promise. Please, don't put it back on. I have to. Your view shifts as you look down at a silver dragon-shaped gauntlet. You get strange every time you do it. It will be fine. I'm learning to control it. I'll stop these monsters and come back. Hide here. You watch as you gently put the small girl into the back of a broken down wagon. Findle, please be careful. I'll always protect you, Madeline. Findle, please. You watch as you pull the curtains of the wagon shut on the crying girl and turn to face a dozen monsters, all towering above you with horns and large swords. You look down, your hands trembling as you put the gauntlet on. Ooh, hello, boys. What lovely teeth you have. I, I, I laugh out loud, audibly. Um, not to mock his pain, but uh, I kind of take Findle and I put my hand on his shoulder and kind of turn him towards Atlas, who we can see in the distance making character choices for Devin. We can see him um, holding uh, Alaria, uh, maybe speaking to her softly. You'd be amazed at what beautiful things can spring from curses, Findle. And uh, Findle looks and you can see his eyes kind of light up where he's looking through the torrent. And he says, Does he know, Crystal? Does he know what? And he looks at you and then back at Atlas. The sword. Does he know what it's doing to him? I have some ideas of what it's doing to him, but I don't know fully. I can see when I look at it through the torrent. It's hurting him, isn't it? It's not good, Kristoff. I don't... Maybe after this is over, we can look at it closer. But it doesn't look good, Kristoff. <laughs> he, he won't separate from it, And not just because it's cursed. Um... He cares for that spirit. And he smiles and says, I always... I always liked him. And I don't want to have to miss him, Crystal. Well, we're not past tense yet. Uh, we'll leave that for tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, Findle. Too much, too much seriousness today, Findle. And he says... You're right. You're right. 
Let's go. Let's go take back Oxbane. Let's do that. Just so you know, if I die, you can have my teeth. And he looks at you and laughs and says, <laughs> I am really crazy, aren't I? You're batshit insane. Cuckoo crazy uh, pants. Okay. I'm sure I'll thank you for that later. Uh, maybe not now, but trust me, there's a, there's, in the future, if I die, you'll be very happy. <laughs> and he laughs and he, you, this is the first time you've seen him like, like, it's like this soft laugh, but it's like you can see there's tears in his eye because it's like a mixed happiness and sadness for him. And he says, I probably will be. And he kind of just starts walking towards uh, Rowan and Atlas. So he over here's, <laughs> Atlas, you ever wondered why like some food tastes really good and then some of it doesn't? Why well, the other thing I've ever eaten has been delicious because my mother That's... made it. But, uh, I mean, the hot biscuits, I, yeah, I kind of do wonder yeah, about that. because, like, all the stuff that your mom made was really good. And then we have all, like, the hard biscuits, and, like, they're just not as good. And I wonder, do you think it's the love? Mm. I was going to say, mom used to say everything was made with love, and I never did see how I actually put anything like that in That's there. So that, what it is. That must be do you think it. we could make, like, a fortune making love to put in food? I would, <laughs> I would love to make love. <laughs> Every 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 time I had had anything that I was in it always tasted exquisite. Then your family made a lot of love and put it in the food. Love. So maybe you love that. So maybe love isn't the key. Hmm. Maybe I was very hungry and I didn't eat any food and only drank alcohol for a period of months. That might be. You do love alcohol, so. As you Twist. boys are cutting up and uh, having like a last jest, uh, that's where we're going to end the episode. <laughs> With our yeah. last joke ever. The end. You all right. die immediately. Because next, next episode, episode, you all die. The battle starts and an arcane bombardment <laughs> goes sideways <laughs> and it's <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> First shot dead. That sounds real close, right? No, it's gonna be fine. They're experts. Yeah, everybody takes a uh, d100, 100 d100 damage. Yeah. I was hoping when you opened that letter from Findle that he like was actually pretending to be lucid, and inside of the the picture was just like that circle with the three fingers down below his waist, and got you. <laughs> so what I was hoping was that uh, Dwayne somehow knew what was in my letter. He read my mind and knew what was in the letter that I gave to um, Avia. Avia, I, knew, I remember. Uh, and I was hoping that it would be the same letter, and he was saying that I was the rightful king of silence because that's who I said to deliver it to. And it somehow time vortex. See, I like to think that back. like the first line of your letter to Palace, like "Dear Palace, I'd rather shit my hands than clap and bow to you." <laughs> <laughs> It says, Dear Palace, eat 1,000 dicks. I put upon you the curse of 1,000 cockblocks. Enjoy your. Christoph immediately runs back and gets letter, re edits the letter, then runs back to battle. I'd be camp out of that. I won't won't say what's really on. That's gonna. That'll be a thing in the future. 
Oh, maybe not. I hope Why not. Die? Be a sad day. <laughs> it all commits seppuku. <laughs> Ooh. Right. So this has been another beautiful, lawful, stupid episode. Uh, Shane, why don't you yeah. do that role for humanity for us? That is the thing that I do. I'm pretty sure this episode will be in October. October? I think so because we're we we're this is 35, and next Monday we haven't even done September yet. Yeah, oh, it's September. Be September. Yeah, I'm not going okay. okay, I was like, it'll be September third. What's happening in September that I don't know about? It's moving away. We just have a bunch of uh, guest spotlights that you're it's not true. involved in. Well, everybody vote for your least favorite charity for September because mm. I rolled a five. There's uh, three more rolls to go. That's true. There's two more. That's true. Quick, quick, quick. That's true. Now, this is what you get for rolling test die before yeah, the show. I'm like wasting your crit 20. Sorry, good things. Well, uh, I just want to say thanks for listening and um, hop in the Discord. We are always talking, always chatting. It's, it literally is a family. We are also going to be planning um, another listening party. Um, it may be a little bit before we get to it, but we definitely will be planning a, another listening party. Uh, I had a blast, and I've actually had people tell me, hey, like, yeah. I want another listening party. God. Yeah, so. I want to do that a lot. Uh, also, iTunes reviews, they're super important. And so, yeah, the next person who puts an iTunes review after this airs, I will tell you what was in Christoph's letter if you promise uh, to ooh, secret. Juicy. It's going to be me. Ooh. Dang, I already left one. Yep. Got to be a new one. <laughs> Scrambles to make an iTunes account right now. Uh, this offer applies to oh. uh, US and Canada only. <laughs> oh. And everybody, everybody, and everybody else. Dude, dude Gaze is like, he's leaving the Discord. You the See you again. It applies to everybody that's not in. Do you, uh, do you want me to send you some parchment to write it on? No. You can actually send it to their address? Uh, that would be so oh. cool. First of all, you you insult me by implying. There, I'm sure it's all used right now. On hand. And this is in the future. This is September. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I have plenty. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love you, mean Bye. We are storytellers. We are creators. We are gamers. We are dreamers. We are players. We are players. We are players. We are, we are, players. We are, we are, are nerds. nerds. Matt.